This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. Episode 98 of the show. One more closer to the yeah, century mark. Eight. 100. 98. Good year. Yeah, right? Wayne's won the cup. We were born. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Big drop off between that first and second one. Holy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> we were born. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like you get the wings up here and then yeah, you know, we there's all this room in between champions. and then we were born. Like, I think the date, I think the date the wings won that cup was like May 12th. I don't know why I had May oh. 12th in my head. I have the, I'm going to look right now. Please do. Please do. This is a very important topic. <laughs> because, like, because if so, I was born like two weeks before. Yeah, Wardy, I, you weren't even close. <laughs> 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 Why am I thinking May twelfth? I I have no idea. <laughs> what was in that? I gotta think. What was in that playoff streak in May from May twelfth? I don't know. Is it when they kicked the crap out of Colorado or something? I don't know. It might have been with the brawl. By the way, that documentary. Oh, oh, I'm pumped my. for that. In fact, they got Constant or Konstantinov in that. I know. That was Shout sweet. Out to that. What's the best part of the rivalry? Beat them. Beating that's up the, Patrick Waugh. That's the quote from Konstantinov, though. You see that at the end of the trailer? Yeah, that was awesome. Beat them. That's so cool. And, like, honestly, I still can't believe uh, Claude Lemieux got a standing ovation. I can't yeah, believe that. I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have. No, nope. I should be saying that on him. I don't think. Thank you. Thanks for bailing me out, partner. But yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, that's that's bull. Yeah, I can't believe that. I cannot Horrible. believe that. Like, yeah, and then like Darren McCarty, just an absolute Detroit legend. So that was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, so you already know this, but I had a random blonde moment today about socks and flip-flops. And I mentioned that and I put a Twitter poll about how you're gonna give your opinion on the show tonight. So yes or no. Socks and flip-flops. I think we have the same reason. Okay. Is it a yes or no? Socks and flip-flops. That is a... Um, that is a <laughs> big no. Really? No. What the heck's the point of that? Because I think I do it from baseball. When you show up to baseball, like anything with cleats, just flip-flops. It's a go-to. So it's a no. But like... Your feet are going to be covered. Why don't you just wear some freaking shoes or something? Very true. Valid. That's essentially the same thing. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm a big socks and flip-flops guy, unless I'm going to like the pool or whatever. I'm against that. I went to Assumption. That's all they wore was (laughs) Burks and and socks. I'm like, you guys are idiots. And they'd wear them in the winter, which made it even dumber. Yeah. Oh, my feet are all wet. Well, Well, why is that? Well, you know, I walked to school in the snow today. And you'd look at their feet and you'd be like, you walked to school in flip-flops, didn't you? Well, that's well yeah, nice. I didn't want to bring two pairs of shoes. Well, then don't complain your feet are wet, you <laughs> yeah. moron. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not compl- – anytime my feet are going to get wet, yeah, no well, socks. But just casually, the purpose. It's all these socks and flip-flops, casually. Defeats the purpose. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So that was my blonde moment of the day. I had a blonde moment. I had to, bend- I had to mention it to you because I knew you were going to have a good answer to it. I knew you were going to have an answer. I love it. Stupid. All right. uh, by the way, that's Stanley Cup final in 1998. Oh, here we go. So you picked May 12th. Um, the Stanley Cup final got underway June 9th and oh, finished on June 16th. 
Okay. Why am I thinking May 12th? Now that's a I have no moment. words. Now like whoa. Like what a like what a start off on the show, eh, Colin? Like show up. <laughs> Couple blonde moments right away. Boom, boom. Yeah, you're but, having a show already. Oh yeah. Have a day, but um I just show I just looked up today in hockey history, May 12th. <laughs> Please do it. Yeah. What happened on May 12th? History oh, God. May 12th, 1986. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't know why I was thinking May 12th. I mean, they called the epic <laughs> comeback known as Monday Night Miracle. Uh, yeah. Brian no. Sutter. I don't know. Yeah, that wouldn't be a St. Louis Blues beating the Calgary Flames down 5 2 with less than 12 to go. That hey, that yeah. sounds like the Bruins and Leafs. Hey, hey, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> no, man. Wait, when did they lose? When did they have that collapse? No, that was on April. That was in April, like the 24th, 25th, when they had the collapse. It was around my birthday because I remember just being fired up at school back in high school, Delhi High School. I remember just being fired up for all the Leaf fans because the Leafs lost and like it was around my birthday. And I was like, nothing better. Mm. And that's when the that's when the Wings had that uh, game seven against um, Anaheim. When Zetterberg scored in game six in overtime. That was crazy. I thought, oh, yeah, that was fun. Then Chicago. But, yeah. All right. <laughs> I was way off. That's terrible. I mean, got time, got time to get over this now, though. So here we go. Um, it's Bernie Federko and Johnny Busick's birthday, May 12th. Uh, hey, that's good. I'm going to bug you all night. Please do Dates it. It's on May 12th. Please do it. Hey, every single day. What happened on May 12th, I should say. May 12th. Yeah, just. I deserve it. That's a blonde moment. That's not good. Um, oh, okay. I regret my actions. I don't know why I said oh, May 12th. That's what it? happened to May 12th. What? May 12th, 2011. San Jose beats Detroit in game seven of the Western Conference. Oh, no. I just a, dug a hole. After an 03 <laughs> deficit for the Wings, they come back and lose game oh. seven, three to two. That's not, yeah, that's a tough look. That's yeah. a tough, I dug myself a hole there. That's bad. I regret my actions there. Oh, Although man. I'm, I'm going to blame the referees Woo. on this. Detroit had. Always blame the refs. It's always Detroit had more penalties. So that's on yeah. them. Yeah, that's a joke. Oh, shocking. That's Jonathan Erickson goal. cost us a goal by taking a penalty. <laughs> no surprise. Moron. That was the opener to 1220 <laughs> into the first as I read off a meaningless playoff game from 2011. Good May one, 12th. Reese. May 12th. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to the 98th edition <laughs> of the show. Um, yeah, we're getting, we're getting closer to the OHL Championships series. It gets underway Friday night, first Ontario Center in Hamilton. Awaiting their opponents are the Bulldogs. And Ooh, potentially, when you're listening to this on Wednesday, it could be over, or you could be getting ready for a game seven that night. Uh, we don't know that yet. So, uh, of course, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into the Bulldog sweep of the battalion. We'll get into the Flint Firebirds having a 3-2 series lead over the Spits. And what are the odds that that goes seven? Or Flint ends it at home. Should be a rocking building. Hey, the door. The- we had yeah, a sellout this week, by the way. It was great. I, and honestly, I think it's our first sellout of the playoffs. Yeah. 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 But, like, let's go. We had a sellout. Like, yeah. right Probably on. the first sellout of the year, to be honest. Yeah, it has If to we're be. not talking about, like, capacity limits, sellouts. Yeah, not, like, 50%. Yeah. yeah. 
just to the 25% before. Like, that yeah, was that terrible. was dumb. What was the point? It, the 25% was so hard to go to arenas. Like, you go to arenas like Hamilton and London, right? And you got like Damn. an arena like Hamilton, it's like empty. Like, might as well just not even let anybody in. Best thing is about Hamilton, though, they could be, technically they could have went 100% all year long and open up the upper deck. Yeah. Technically, they could have. So, they should have done it. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have. We will start the first segment, though. We'll kind of piggyback off what we did last episode. We'll go over the headlines uh, for this past week, and then we'll get into each series uh, as we go throughout the show. Headline number one, we have a host for the 2023 Memorial Cup. It is headed to Kamloops next year. Watch that uh, announcement, ceremony, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and It was really cool. Yeah, it, th- that was really cool. Thanks for bringing that up. I completely forgot about that. I don't even know how I did. But, like, yeah, that was really cool to see that. Um, pretty cool to see, like, how they had their alumni come back, eh? And, like, Doan, again, like, yeah. massive names. That was really cool. And especially, like, to see the tra- tradition about, like, Kamloops hockey and stuff. Like, you don't really know the tradition about some of these other comp, like, other leagues right around the CHL just because, like, we're so invested in the Ontario hockey league. But it, that was really cool to see the tradition around Kamloops as well. Mm-hmm. Such a good spot, too. Yeah, first time the tournament is going back to Kamloops after an almost 30-year hiatus. That quote coming from Dan McKenzie, he's got the stat of the week right there. Almost 30 years since the Memorial Cup has been uh, in Kamloops. And, of course, when you get 60 teams in the Canadian Hockey League, you're going to see that. But uh, a lot of history with the Blazers. Uh, 1984, little history lesson for everyone here, beginning as a night. Beginning as a Kamloops Blazers in 1984, the club has participated in the Memorial Cup six times and winning it three times. The last three times they've actually been there, 95, 94, uh, and 92. So, you know, they're going to be ready to go. Um, in that 1995 lineup, by the way, like you mentioned, though that really good alumni in Shane Doan and, and Jerome Ginla. So, yeah, that's impressive. Eh? Just shows what you're gonna they're gonna bring and Dan McKenzie said it in this article. If you haven't read it, if you haven't seen the video, it's up on uh, OntarioHockeyLeague.com. Uh, Dan McKenzie flat out said the Blazers and the city of Kamloops put together a first class bid and it's gonna be an outstanding tournament. So, yeah, I saw Kelowna had a bit at a thing out there too about how them not getting it after having it during the 2020 season, but obviously that fell short due to COVID. Yeah, so. Also saw theirs too. That was unfortunate. But hey, there's a winner and a loser, and Cam Loops definitely deserves it. That's for sure. They did it the right way. It's like, it, and they're going to be good too. They're going to be really good. I mean, they're in the conference final right now in the dub game seven. So that's yep. pretty cool. Winner to take on Edmonton. the Hamilton <laughs> Bulldogs of the West, the Edmonton. Yeah, Loyal. legit. Legit. The way you look at it right now, I think, like, yeah, you know what? We'll touch on that later. We'll touch on that when yeah. we get to Hamilton. Yeah, that works. But yeah. Also, I have another headline for you whenever you're ready. Go for headline. it. So Go did for you did you see um out of Kitchener the record? Um the article on Mike McKenzie is he in or out as the Kitchener Rangers head coach? Yeah, I saw that. What's, what's your thoughts on that? I think he should be in 100 percent Like if if it's a decision above his, if it's not his decision, I think one hundred percent like it, it's more odd. it's more him being behind the bench, right? Not yeah, Not he's gonna be out of the organization. Yeah, he'll be um, I think it's a decision that for like if it's a Mike McKenzie decision, yeah, to go just be a GM, then I understand that. But if it's like a higher up decision, why? 
They've had the they had a better they had the better yeah. they probably had the best playoffs of any team. You know, I think Flint, he, I was gonna say I think he stays nice. behind the bench again. If he doesn't want to, different story. But if he wants to, I think he's gonna stay behind the bench. Yeah, like that's I just want to quickly bring that up because like I think like if if it's his decision, right? Obviously, if it's his decision to be a GM, yeah, you respect that. But like, mm-hmm. it's very odd, very odd for sure to see that happen because like. You like they had a great playoff and they've had and like honestly they hit some turbulence there about Christmas time but they came back and um their playoffs that just spoke for themselves. Yeah. Also, kind of kind of wonder like Dennis Weidman, right? Dennis Weidman, you always you always make those former player analogies. Maybe it was a maybe it was a learning year for Dennis Weidman to be the head coach for the Kitchener Rangers because you're not like. Obviously, it hasn't happened. There's no decision, but like I believe he'll still be there, and like McKenzie will still be the head coach. But yeah. if not, Wyden would probably be a pretty good option, just because like he was there for the year. It's kind of like that college quarterback, right, or the NFL quarterback draft the guy he sits for a year. It's kind of like that yeah. situation there. So that's something no, to keep I, an eye out for, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Weidman would be a good fit. Is that again? It's all up to McKenzie what he wants to do. But yeah, I like that option, hiring from within. I mean. Why not? I'm sure he had a big part in what the Kitchen Rangers did this season. So, yeah, just about opportunity, right? You stand out as an assistant. Oh, you're yeah. going to get the opportunity eventually, whether it's in the same spot or somewhere else. So, well, exactly. And here's the thing, right? You think Kitchener has a lot of momentum going in the next season. Mm-hmm. I think out of all the teams, they probably got the most momentum. The MO and Sound. I mean, the Midwest, the Mid- there's like four teams in the Midwest right now that you think that have momentum. I mean, maybe London and Erie don't, but other than that, Guelph. Owen Sound and Kitchener definitely do. And you just think like you have all that momentum going. Why would you want to change that? Right. Why would you want change? Cause you have so much momentum just mm-hmm. right off that you have nine out of your top 10 top goal scorers coming back next season. Like you're going to be a wagon. So like load it up, right. Yeah. Continue to build. Uh, next headline Guelph Griffins have recruited Barry Colts graduate Nathan Allenson for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, Allenson, a 32nd overall pick in the 2017 OHL Priority Selection. Uh, four years with the Barry Colts, the Waterloo, Ontario native. Had 122 points, 29 goals, and 93 assists in 243 games in the Ontario Hockey League. So congratulations to him. Uh, he'll yeah, be a pursuing career. a business degree nice. at the University of Guelph. Nice. What a career he had eh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Heck of a player. Respected his game to a, to, to a ton. And also, do you see the Barry Colts tweet this afternoon um, about tagging the uh, the Guelph Griffins um, hockey? Oh, yeah. I saw account. that. And then, like, when's, yeah. when's the Barry Colts theme night? And so that was a pretty good one, too, having fun <laughs> with it. See the lighter side of things. Yeah. No, it's good when you get that stuff going, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, to the goaltender of the week. Shocking. It is Marco Costantini, third straight week that he's taken home uh, the award. 2-0, two goals against average, 918 save percentage. That included a 6-0 shutout in game four to sweep away the North Bay Battalion. 27 saves in the game three win to make it 3-0. And then, of course, uh, the 12th straight win for the Bulldogs coming in game four. And then... Three straight weeks for him. Um, Cavalin won it the two weeks before I'm that. Surprised. And that could be the goaltending matchup 
in the OHL finals come Friday night. You know, you know, I'm kind of surprised. And I mean, it's on knock at Constantini. I think the bigger knock is with the goaltending of the year. We'll get to that after this because it's interesting because Constantini, yeah, he deserves it. But like Cavalin flints up 3-2 going into tonight's game. They're up 3-2. Every single game, Windsor has outplayed them. Game five, the shots were what, 18 to five in the first period? Mm-hmm. And they were tied coming going into the second period. They were tied coming out of the first and they got outshot 18 to five. Like, I don't know. You kind of got to take in thought for that. No. So like I would give the award to Cavalin this week just with how good he's played. If they win the series, if they win the series this week or tonight, if they win Flint, all of a sudden, how's he going to get player? How's he going to get goaltender of the week next week when the final starts on Friday? I mean, we could have two games played the time next week comes for the final. So it's kind of interesting to see that decision, but Constantini's been incredible this postseason. Um, definitely deserves it. That's, I mean, everyone deserves it now at this time of the year, right? It's kind of easy to pick, mm-hmm. but I just think with the way Cavalin's played, he's been incredible. Yeah, you talk about that. 18-5 to Windsor outshot Flint in the first, uh, and then you look at the third period, 15-3 to were the shots in favor of the Windsor Spitfires. So. Yeah, that's impressive, eh? Yeah. Like, the fact they won that game. Yeah. Um, so quickly, do you want to touch on the goaltender of the year? Yeah, we can. Do you want to do the player first, or do you want to do the player first? No, no, no. We were on goaltenders already. Okay, so Brett Brochu, goaltender of the year in the Ontario Hockey League. Big congrats to Brett Brochu. Show guest, not a big deal. Um I like think? that you I like that you turn your mouth the not a big deal away from your mic. Not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because wait, that doesn't even make sense because I'm left-handed. So you think everything you do would go toward your left side. Unless you're trying to That's do it away right. from the mic, like some people try to make sarcastic uh, comments or something. Like, not a big I mean. deal. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That was toward the mic. But yeah, <laughs> I switched the mic up, so it's been odd. My uh, yeah. AirPods broke. So they've been broke for like a week. They now, broke? So. I can't figure it out. If Yo, you're not one of those AirPods, dudes on please like, let me know. Like those yeah. videos you see on like Instagram and Facebook where Hey, I just realized this. I had my first pair of AirPods eight weeks ago. They came with a charger. No, 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 They're like no, no. eight pairs later. I wish I would have known that eight pairs ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, no, I always charge it in on Mondays, like whenever we record, so then I don't die in the middle of the show. That's my fear of that in my laptop. So I always have it plugged in, but, um, it's all, it's, it's weird. It just, if anyone knows AirPods, let me reach out because, like I charge it, the red light comes on. I just go to connect it to my phone. It won't connect. So that's kind of odd. It won't connect. Yeah, I still have the warrant. I still have the warranty. So that'd be. I'd have to give Apple a call. Warranties are where it's at, man. Big time. Yeah. So, yeah, this goaltender of the year thing—it's a controversy. That's for sure. It's a lot of talk. I mean, I—it's hard to not agree with Brett Brochu. The start he had, big time. Um, obviously, the injury has an effect on that, but. He, he was really good. He was. He was. He was exceptional. I mean, Brett Brochu was really good. He was on pace to, I mean, obviously, career year. It's only played two seasons, but, like, he was on pace for London Knight records um, in a single season. I mean, London Knights have had Tyler Parsons, Michael Hauser in that, mm-hmm. in that organization. They've had some goalies there. So, um, the fact that his name was talked amongst those guys, I mean, that's pretty – that's huge, right? Like, that's a heck of a year. But the thing is, right, when you miss six weeks, cru- six crucial weeks 
and you see guys like Marco Constantini who plays so good. And the thing that hurts Constantini is Hamilton rotated so much, right? Drawback, Drawback yeah. would start that second game, and Drawback was capable. He's an above average. He's an above average. He's a really good backup goaltender in the Ontario Hockey. He's a starter on a lot of teams in Matteo Drawback. So that's the one thing that kind of hurt Constantini on that. Um, Cavalin, yeah, I see it. The Cavalin's coming out party for the national media and the voters is just coming out now. Unfortunately for him, because nobody talked about Luke Cavill. We mentioned on the show since like Christmas, how good this kid is, but nobody talked about it since that featured game, since the second featured game, we had Flint this year in Guelph. We talked about how good Cavill was. He's just confident. He moves well. So it's just interesting that like for him, they never really got the attention maybe because he's playing in Flint and it's not an offense to Flint. I mean, everyone that knows me knows I love Flint. Flint's the best. Like it's awesome, but maybe because he's playing in Flint, you sent you tend to see that rep go against those American teams, right? We saw it with Erie before. We've saw it with Saginaw. Maybe that's the problem, but maybe that's the, maybe that's why. Another thing, politics. Politics. I don't like getting into hockey politics, but maybe. But um, Constantini deserved it. Um, but really happy for Brochu. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was incredible. If you're talking about consistency going into the pr- prior to the injury. He is the most consistent goaltender in the league and that workload. I mean, it's hard not to vote him. Um, I don't really, and it's similar, right? You'll hear people say Bazrin or Ranger, and it's like, well, they've they, rotated every other game. Yeah, and Mississauga as a team really fell off yeah. once February well, came around. Here, and here's the other thing. And here's the other thing for Brett Brochu. So if Brett Brochu, when he's out of the London lineup, look how bad they were. And I'm, I'm like, I'm being blatantly honest here. Like how bad they were. They were terrible. No, you're like, how many times did we mention, oh, wish they wouldn't have traded Onishka away? Like, yeah, we mentioned that a lot. Did I think every other week we mentioned that during the injury. Yeah. And that, like, he was, yeah, Luke Evangelista probably, he's top three MVP in the Ontario Hockey League right now, Luke Evangelista. But Brett Brochu as a, for the team, there's nobody more valuable to London Knights than Brett Brochu was or mm-hmm. is. There's nobody. And you could see the difference. When he was out of the lineup there during the injury, they were terrible. They were they were one of the worst teams in the league record-wise. They were definitely in the West. Like, you think of the teams in the West with the London Knights during the Brett Brochu injury during the six weeks off. There were a lot of teams better than London Knights then. Um, the Niagara Ice Dogs, what do they do? Go 7-3 and three and 10 in, in 10 games? Let's say I just pulled it up here. They had the now. best the final, odds. Final ten games of the regular season. Yeah, the London Knights were three, four, two, and one. Okay, that's not terrible, but it's still the bad. The one team had the same record as them in the last ten. Kitchener three, four, and three. Obviously, one's a shootout. They have one more yeah. overtime loss, but same thing. Uh, Sarnia was two and eight, and Erie was three and seven, which. Yeah, you know, eighth so, and ninth seed. You don't expect them to be the strongest they were right. through a ten game span, or span where the Saginaw Spirit were six and four in their yeah. last ten games. Like they were right there with the bottom teams in the conference. Yeah, that's not good, and that's why I think Pepper Shoe most valuable player for the London Knights one hundred percent because of that goaltending award one hundred percent too because they don't win. I mean, in the workload he had and the performance he played, you could see some fatigue in his game. Before he got hurt, you could see some fatigue. But when he was out of the lineup, you, you it was dramatically awful. 
Mm-hmm. It was terrible. You could see the difference. You could see the difference in play. You could see them not trying to push up the ice to create chances because they didn't have confidence. You could see that. And when you have a goaltender in your lineup, and you know all about this, right? I mean, heck, we know all about it in the PlayStation when you're making big saves <laughs> for us. Like when you when you have a goaltender in your lineup, you take chances. You can take chances, right? You can like you can see in Hamilton the way Constantini's playing. You can see them take chances because they know Constantine's feeling it. Flint. Flint takes a gets a shorthanded goal by Brendan Othman, a two on one shorthanded um, in game five in Windsor because they know they can take chances with Kathleen back there. Shorthanded, you're going to take that chance. You're going to give up a four on two the other way. But hey, I'm confident in my goalie. Let's do it. We got to push her a goal here. It's the playoffs. We don't, we're not getting a lot of chances. We only had three shots on goal at the time. Let's do it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So you have that ability to really join the rush and do what you want to do. When you have a goalie that's feeling it. So that's another thing too. You can see the confidence level go down when he was out of the lineup. Yeah. But Brett Brochu, congrats. Massive, uh, massive congratulations. I mean, the, what he's been through, what he's been through in his career, he definitely deserves. He's a worker and you've heard all the stories. He's, he's a battler. Um, battles hard and big congratulations to Brett Brochu. One more headline to get to before we hit the break. Uh, OHL player of the week goes to Brennan Osman of the Flint Firebirds. Six points, including a goal, five assists uh, in four games for the Firebirds. Of course, Flint up three to two in the Western Conference Finals. Shorthanded tally, two assists, like you mentioned, Morty, uh, in that 4-3 win in game five. Also assisted on both Flint goals in a 4-2 loss in game four. Yeah, uh, the New York Rangers prospect is really good. And to watch him and Cooley go at it. Well, that's special. For one day for them to probably be teammates on the Rangers. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Talk uh, about a good duo, eh? You imagine yeah. they're on the same line? Not bad, eh? Yeah. Uh, also in consideration for the award, Wyatt Johnston. He had six points as well, two goals, four assists. Uh, Matthew Maggio, also in that conversation. He had four goals, two assists. Um, Windsor's got to win a game. So. Yep. They got some work to do. Yeah, we'll get to that after the break because that's a very good uh, yeah. point about Windsor. I like what they said. Their heads, in, their heads are in the right spot, Windsor. It's not that big of a deal for them right now. Obviously, it is, but it, they're fine. You want to go Hamilton North Bay first? Yeah, we'll go Hamilton North break? Bay first, okay. and we'll come back. Okay, so we'll do that. We will chat all things Bulldogs Battalion. It was a 4 nothing sweep for Hamilton. What else is new? So we'll touch <laughs> on that next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. Time to chat all things Eastern Conference Finals. To be honest, not a whole lot to chat about. It was a four-game sweep for the Hamilton Bulldogs over the North Bay Battalion. Third straight sweep, 12th win in a row in the playoffs, dating back to the regular season. A whole lot more than that. At least 10. So at least yeah. 22 wins in a row for the Hamilton Bulldogs. It's it's uh, it's like so impressive to see how good Hamilton like, is. Like we mentioned in at the end of the regular season thinking, yeah, you know what? We'll see a lot of five game series between or for the Hamilton Bulldogs, you know, obviously that four in the first round cuz I think a lot of people expected that. Um 
Not four straight four game sweeps. The finals is going to be a sweep. Whoa. All right. <laughs> bold prediction. Stamp it. Yep. Yep. Stamp Throw it into no, the archive. Yep. Colin Stamp Ward it. said the Honestly. finals is going to be a four game sweep in favor of the Bulldogs. And, and I'm not just saying it because we cover the team and we're there all the time. It, I mean, you watch them play. There's only, in my opinion, there's only one team in the CHL that is going to have a fun game, like a good matchup game, and that's Edmonton. Other than that, I don't see any team matching up against Hamilton. Your third line is Jan Meshack as the setter. He's a drafted player. like, And he, he recorded a hat trick yeah. in game number four. In the depth scoring of this team, right? Like you just said, he scored a hat trick in the elimination game. Mm-hmm. This is insane. Like it just gets better and better. And it's funny, eh? Everyone says, oh, the Mason McTavish trade. He's going to be gone to the Olympics. It's a bad trade. <laughs> Not like, come on. Like, I say they realized the playoffs weren't in February, right? Yeah, you don't win the cup in February. Must have been a Leaf fan. Oh, wait, did I say that? Oh, no, that's that's got Leaf fan written all over it. <laughs> The old mic drop. Although, you know, it is hilarious. All the Leaf fans mad at Nylander because he was actually hitting people at the World Hockey Championships. That was yeah, awesome. That's pretty ironic. Good times. Yeah. It's funny when you see the media saying for him not to play defense. I think that's so funny. I, mean, I know. So don't don't play the game hard. Don't be a 200-foot player and still get paid $6 million a year. Yeah, figure that one out. Okay. But, yeah, Hamilton's a wagon. Hamilton, like, I'm – but. I honestly would believe I dropped that down four straight in the finals too. I don't think they okay. lose a game. Right. I honestly, like, I think that may, maybe a road game, but I don't see it. Like, you know, it's hilarious. We've said that in every series except the first round. Yeah. You know, yeah. like maybe they lose that game three on the road, come back, yeah. win it at home. It's and just then we're like, ice, really? It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's legit just to be like nice, put some respect on like everyone, like both teams, but like just watch them play. Like, and they'll know what we're saying. Like, yeah. legit. When well, game three was, was the closest, game three against North Bay was the closest they game three that good. the Bulldogs have had. It was a 6 4 win for Hamilton, where they beat Mississauga 3 0 in game three of that series, and they beat Peterborough 7 2 in game three of that one. And I could see, I could see Windsor giving more difficulty to Hamilton than Flint, but Luke Cavlin right now is the hottest goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. So if it's Hamilton, Flint, then Cavlin, right? But like, what, like I don't see Windsor goaltending winning against Hamilton. I don't see that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, like you look at the series against North Bay, and you're thinking, okay, five. Right. But like you look at their Hamilton's playoff, they go in, they sweep Peterborough. Okay. They sweep Mississauga. And it's like, oh my. Like Mississauga is a good defensive team. Like they didn't even play. Like Hamilton didn't even play good in game four in that series. In game two, they didn't, they took stretches where they weren't great. Against North Bay, you're thinking, okay, game one, Hamilton was dominant. Dominant. Mm-hmm. Game two, you and I both thought Hamilton looked terrible. Like they didn't look terrible, but they didn't look great. They, they had missed coverages coming back. They had two guys back, didn't have that extra forward back. You have a lot of scoring opportunities, two on ones. If it wasn't for and it ended up being a lose. shutout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like they win five nothing in game two, and we didn't even think they played good. Obviously, North Bay didn't play that great either. North Bay's best game was game three. 
Mm-hmm. That was North Bay's best game by far. But it's just insane to see how good Hamilton is. Because that series to me was the one where if they're going to lose in the playoffs, they're going to lose in the third round in the conference final because I thought North Bay was pretty good. I like North Bay. Um, I like their vet, I like their depth. Um, I think there's a little bit of an injury there for Bedek. Even yeah. Sentis starting three, right? Rebecca starts every game in the playoffs, and all of a sudden, game two hits, and even Sentis is starting. It's like, oh, decision, right? Decision. But then he starts two, three, four. And it's like, okay, there's something up. So I think yeah. it's an injury because it has to be an injury because what else would it be? He would have got at least one of those games at home. So yeah. there's a situation there. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, if you missed it, uh, we're going to play you the post-game audio from game four in North Bay. Again, this was a 6 nothing final uh, in favor of the Hamilton Bulldogs. So here it is, audio from both the Bulldogs and Battalion following game four. Welcome to the post-game press conference of game four of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Hamilton Bulldogs and the North Bay Battalion. For those of you watching from your TV North Bay and for those of you streaming from CHL TV, welcome. Winning tonight's game 5 nothing and sweeping the East Conference Finals to make their way to the OHL Finals is the Hamilton Bulldogs. Joining us now is head coach Jay McKee and captain Colton Kammerer. Congratulations, Coach. How does it feel to now win 12 straight playoff games, sweeping all three series, knowing that the Memorial Cup is now in sight? Um, it's a good feeling, obviously. I think our, our players, have, uh, as a staff, are proud of the work that they've put in. Uh, it's taken a lot to achieve what they've done uh, so far. Um, obviously, and it's cliche, but a lot of work still ahead. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a great feeling in the dressing room, and some emotions that will carry with us moving forward. Uh, celebrate it for a night, and and then get back to work. Colton, a very memorable a very memorable moment for you and your team tonight. How does it feel to lift that Bobby R trophy with this special group of guys? Yeah, it's it's definitely a great feeling. Um, you know, we we knew before the series it was going to take everyone in that locker room, and I, I think that's what we did all series. Um, you know, every game you saw a different guy step up, um, and that's what it takes to to win a championship. Um, and we look we look to keep doing that as we go forward here to try and uh, win the league and, and head to Memorial Cup. Uh, Coach, one of the themes that you've touched on a lot, uh, of course, has been the respect you have for North Bay and, and the respect you have for the other teams. The four game sweep here, you know, uh, lifting the Bobby Orr Trophy here in North Bay. Just talk about the compete that the battalion gave you in this series and, and your thoughts on them moving forward. Yeah, no, they're, you know, we saw through our pre-scouting that they, they're a fantastically coached hockey club. Um, you know, th- their season was incredible. Um, re- really took us being on our game every night uh, to win the way we did. Um, thought they really pushed us, especially uh, last game. Um, tonight, I-, I thought we came out the right way. And, um, you know, when you're down uh, 3-0, it's, it's a tough hill to climb. And, and we wanted to try and take their will away early by uh, being really hungry and relentless. And I thought our guys did a good job at that. But, yeah, I know we have a ton of respect. Uh, you look at the season they had, um, you know, some of the point production that their top players had. Uh, just a fantastic hockey club, uh, fantastically coached. Uh, Colton, yourself, you know, being a captain, bringing leadership to the team. What does that mean to be a captain of a team that's one of the that's going to be one of the last two standing coming up? And also, you know, how do you kind of rein the guys in after a four game sweep leading into a, a final series coming up? Yeah, it's it's an honor for sure. Um, I think it, it's it's tough to do do it how we did it, and I think you have to be ready to go every single night. And I think that's what made our group special is that 
for me as a leader, it was easy to keep us focused um, and the pedal down each and every night. Um, now tonight we'll probably go celebrate as a group, uh, have some fun like, like we love to do, um, and then come to the rink Monday ready to go again. Last one for me, Coach. Uh, how do you now – I know you want to savor this one, but how do you kind of prepare for – one of two teams you don't know who you're playing as of right now. Well, more of the same. You, you prepare to play both. Um, you know, I, I'm fortunate to have a fantastic coaching staff uh, alongside me. My assistant coaches uh, do a tremendous job, um, you know, uh, re-watching all of our games and, and going over the, the opposition. So we'll pre-scale both those teams, put – together a game plan against both and uh, you know we're fortunate to have a little bit of time and rest to heal some bodies and uh, rest up and and uh, and prepare it's uh, certainly an advantage we'll uh, be able to sit back and watch those games uh, intently and uh, be as, as prepared as we can be Colton there was a lot of talk after game two about how much harder it would be to come and win two more games up here in North Bay what were the messages especially heading into game four when you guys had the opportunity to earn that rest now with at least a week off before the championship series starts yeah i think uh you know the message was just not to take the foot off the gas um, we knew they're a great team over there um, and we were gonna have to bring our best um so we just stay focused every day try and uh get this group ready to go for each and every game um and that's yeah that's how we look at it what does this mean for the city of Hamilton? I mean, you know, you, you know the area quite well. You've been, you know, with the club for a while. You're the captain of the Bulldogs. Just, what do you think it's going to mean when you guys get the chance to celebrate this in front of your fans? Uh, it's awesome. Hamilton's a great city. Uh, we got great fans. Um, it's it's a blue collar, hardworking city, and that's that's how our team plays. Um, I think that's why the fans get so into it, and why Hamilton supports us so much. Um, and that's that pushes us as players. So, um, it's huge for the city, huge for the players, and, and we're all excited. Coach, last one for me. Uh, Jan Mishak, guy who had not scored in the playoffs coming into tonight, comes away with the hat trick, kind of the engine that drove you guys all night long. Just talk to his play and what it means to you know, finally see him get one in the net because you know he wanted one. <laughs> yeah, Jan likes to score. Um, you know, he's been playing uh, very good hockey leading up to tonight. Um, you know, maybe a little bit snake bitten, had uh, some really good chances in the past couple games, but uh, he, he's a player that even if he's not scoring, he's very effective. He's uh, using his feet, using his size, and uh, and, and creating. So, um, you know, we felt like he was going to break out at some point, and, and fortunately for him and us, he did tonight and, and had another really good game and, and ended up rewarded. Coach, obviously not the outcome you were looking for in this series, but nonetheless, still a very strong season by your team. Could you tell us a little bit about your overall thoughts on the team's performance this season? Yeah, you know what? Uh, Obviously, the series didn't go as planned and, and really how we wanted it to go, but uh, we really can't have this put a cloud on what a spectacular season we've had. Um, I'm so proud of this group of guys that literally every single day has done everything we have asked for them. I mean, I've been coaching a while now in this league, uh, both as an assistant, as a head coach, and, and even three years as a player. I've never been around such a fun group to be around. Each and every day, these guys are so tight. They made our job real easy and um, just really proud. You know, if, if you look at our, our second half of the season, last 28 games, I believe, of the regular season, and then, you know, the first few rounds in playoffs, we were a heck of a hockey team. And I was proud of these guys each and every day. Liam, you had the opportunity to captain this year's team. What does it mean to you to not only lead but be a part of this special group of guys this season? 
Uh, yeah, it's an honor, as uh, Coach really said. One of the best uh, teams in the Battalion franchise. So, I mean, you know, it was a special moment every day showing up to the rink and something I won't forget. And uh, it's a learning experience for next year. Uh, Coach, a lot of experience for your younger guys getting this far in the playoffs. Just, I know you're going to be losing some big guns up front. And it's, it's sad to see them go. But moving forward with the group that you have with this experience, speak to that, what that means and, and how excited you can be for the, the future of this team. Yeah, for sure. I, I think already, you know, this happens and and we're already looking forward to, to next season already. We we don't like being off for the summer. I know it's it's uh, you know well earned and, and we'll do that, but um, we got some really good pieces in this in this organization. I mean, holy cow, management led by Adam has done a fantastic job drafting players and, and made some really good moves here that uh, things look really good for us. You know, guys of course need big summers. Um, I think we're we're going to be a team that you know coming into this season people are going to know about and all that. So we're going to have to raise our level. This was really good learning for us here uh, to watch a celebration uh, in our rink, um, and you know we want to grow and we want to be that. Uh, Liam, your first season with the team, you know the team was last place for most of the year, and now you're, you know, we were four wins away from the OHL finals appearance. What does that mean to you as a player and a younger guy on this team that getting this experience and really truly your second year in the OHL? Yeah, it was huge. You know, uh, especially coming from the first year, weren't one of the top teams, and now this year, one of the top teams had a good chance. Uh, something to look forward to uh, next season, and just remember this feeling. Coach, when you look back, I mean, it's you're you're a guy that's really going to understand how good this Hamilton team is. You just game planned against them and did all the pre scouting. What about this Hamilton team makes them so tough to play against on a night to night basis? Well, I'm probably going to say a lot of the same things I said coming into this series. We knew they were really good. We knew they just don't have any mistakes, you know, you uh, or any holes. They've got really good depth. Um, they got a bunch of older pieces. They made some really good moves at the deadline to, to kind of, you know, add to what they already had. And um, they're built really, really well. Uh, I think uh, they're going to be real hard to beat. And Liam, you're inside the room. You're a leader on this team, but you know how important that overage group was to your guys' success this year. Talk to the group of guys that won't be coming back, you know, just how important and, you know, the seasons and success that they had at that level. Uh, it's hard to sum up in words what those guys meant to us. Uh, Lad, Ras, Cole, they're all great guys. You know, they're going to be very missed. And I uh, wish them all the best. There was Jay McKee as well as Colton Kammer for the Hamilton Bulldogs. And then following that, Ryan Ulihan. Uh, and Liam Arnsby, the captain for the North Bay Battalion, following that 6 nothing win for the Bulldogs. And it's easy to say Hamilton dominated this series because they did. Uh, it's, yeah. it's easy to say that they were better defensively because they were. Uh, yeah. It was easier to say, it was easy to say that they were the better offensive team, which they were. Mm-hmm. Um, they were. But we, we're going to talk about Hamilton a lot. We've talked about Hamilton a lot. Um, like North, North Bay's just a good hockey team that they really were got beaten every aspect because, you know, they were playing an even better hockey team. You know, coming into that conference final, North Bay was eight and one in the yeah. postseason. Eight and one. They they just beat arguably, I guess, the number one overall pick projected in Shane Wright's team yep. in Kingston. Kingston at the start of the year, everyone a lot of people had Kingston in that in that spot where they were. They beat them in five. And the North Bay room, it felt like was really close. 
I mean, I like I like what Brandon Co said about the big slow D. I really do. I love that. Like they were in it. They had a really good group. I really liked Ryan Ulihan's uh, post game presser here. I think that presser, like the quotes that he gave, were incredible. Like mm-hmm. he know, like the fact that they went in there and they responded all year. North Bay, you think about it. When North Bay lost a couple in a row, all of a sudden a week later they had like four wins in a row, and they were one of the top teams. And you could see them in the top ten in the CHL rankings. And it's just they responded every single time to their coach and you could see it um they have a really good staff heck this team was the worst team they're the worst team in the league when the covid shortage in 2020 mm-hmm. now they're in the conference final a year later play well play play wise a year later it's just the work adam dennis has done the front office um ryan ulihan's been incredible on the bench north bay is going to be good next year um this is a very very good learning experience for north bay playing hamilton Hamilton, I mean, Ty Nelson's a drafted player going up on the matchup against Mason McTavish. Mason McTavish is going to be on Anaheim next year, and he possibly will be in the Calder talks. Like, he's an Olympian, Mason McTavish. Like, he he would have been on the world championship team if Hamilton wasn't playing. Like, he he's yeah, I agree. A professional. You're playing a guy. You're playing a guy that's a four to six million dollar player right now in the National Hockey League, Mason McTavish. When it's all said and done and he gets his contract, he's going to get paid. Ty Nelson went up against him at, at 17 years old in his draft year. He's going to come back next year after having that experience. Ty Nelson went up against Tyler Boucher in Ottawa, Shane Wright in Kingston, and Mason McTavish in North in Hamilton. Think about that. Those three players, all drafted players, all big-name first-round talents, top 15 picks in our league, top 10 picks in the possibly in the nhl you think about that how good how good of an experience that is for ty nelson and if you want to say the same for devin sentis look at the goaltending matchup right you see that all the time you see you saw that in niagara right with steven Dillon. you saw it in hamilton with caden fulcher when you get to face teams like that that experience is massive ty nelson's going to come back next year and win defenseman of the year because it's it's going to happen playing against those guys. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's not even just Ty Nelson. I mean, you're looking at like Dalen Wakely. Wakely had a slow start, pretty good in the playoffs. They have a bunch of guys there that are going to be good next year. North Bay is not a – they're not – like it's not a stretch to say North Bay isn't going to win next year because they're going to be a favorite. They're going to be a favorite to win the Ontario Hockey League. They're at that time, and next year they're going to be really good. So – yeah, it sucks. You get swept, right? You don't. You're eight and one going into that conference final. You're confident. One of the best too. teams at home throughout the year. You won 25 times records. at the Gardens in the regular season. Like, yeah, yeah. they broke records. It, they broke records this year, and records last forever. So, congrats them for that. Obviously, it sucks, but you're eight and one going into that into the conference final. Yeah, and you, like. I don't know. Like at the end of the day, I think when you go into training camp next year, it's a valuable experience. Like Ulihan said, to see that team celebrate on your home ice, that hurts. That that hurts. Like that's a killer. Like those those are very tough to watch. Um, fortunately, like in baseball and stuff, I was one. I won the OBAs once, and it was the only time in the final, so I didn't have to watch the other team celebrate. Didn't have to watch the other team celebrate a lot throughout the sports, so that was nice. But it but it kills, right? It kills. Yeah. So could you imagine seeing like 
that experience a year after how hungry they're going to be mm-hmm. like that's a great that's a great experience for them in, in a way it's not right now but it will be yeah well you met you mentioned that oba oba uh oba championship uh my <laughs> last three years of midget baseball um all three years we lost in the finals of the championship ah, uh oba first year lose to peterborough on our home field um after going in undefeated lose two in a row sunday uh second year home field again in brantford uh go in undefeated lose two straight to waterloo with some help from the umpires yeah um and then my last year we were kind of the flint of the group or of the league uh nobody expected us to be in the finals we had that a lot of the inner counties end up playing waterloo lose on our home field on a walk-off like it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. Really sucks. The worst part is when you watch the other team it yeah. th- celebrate. That's the worst. You're saying like, that's the thing. You have no access to clubhouses during these tournaments. So it's not you like know, you can't even you're there. Like, yeah, you're in the yeah. dugout and you're watching and it, it sucks. I was lucky. I didn't have to go through that, but like, it's such a crappy feeling, you know, like when you like, when you got to watch the other team celebrate and it's like, you know, like you can't do anything. Like you're just yeah. waiting for can this be a video waiting. game and I hit start over? Like, yeah, restart the game. Yeah. But like, it's tough. You just feel everything coming, like every, like so emotional, right? And you just feel like you lost everything, mm-hmm. like you lose everything, and it's a tough feeling. So it's tough to get over. But North Bay, North Bay is going to be back. It's and if you when you go into training camp hungry, you're going to remember that and yeah. um, look out for them next year because they got a goalie, they got a good defenseman. They're going to have good, they're going to be good up front. Yeah, <laughs> you got those well, three. Well, this, this kind of reminds me about. And I, I hate to bring this up, but uh, all Detroit Red Wing fans know when Brent Seabrook shot a puck off of Nick Cronwell's leg into the top corner. Past oh, Jimmy off the Howard. Erickson turnover in the neutral zone? Yeah, yeah, off of that one. Um, th- this kind of is setting itself up like that situation as you get the juggernaut in the Hamilton Bulldogs. And that's kind of what the wings were to the Hawks before that series. And y- you hear Taves and Kane talk about it. They're like, yeah, that was we can't scene. beat the freaking Red Wings. Like, they, like yeah. it's just... Once we beat them, we're going to be there. It's just we have to beat them. And again, yeah. this is a one-year thing for North Bay and Hamilton. It's not like it was building for the Hawks and Wings like it was, you know, with the 2009. It could be a thing that, um, for next year, though. Yeah, the 2009 be a wagon Darren next year. Helm uh, overtime goal. That was kind of a dagger for the Hawks. And yeah. then, of course, a few years later, Seabrook scores, and that's gone. You know what? And we, we talk about how good Hamilton and North Bay are going to be next year. Um that could turn out to be like that is whether or not they meet in the first, second, third round. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the first round, but no, they'll both be good though. I if think it's going to be good again. Yeah. If it's that second, third round matchup, look out. It's not going to be a four game sweep because North Bay knows what it takes to compete at that level. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's just what that team needs. Yeah, and exactly. they got it. They know they know what they have to do, right? And you yeah. talked about that, and you know what's frustrating? You know how they talked about that one percent more each day, right? Get better one percent each day. It's mm-hmm. tough though when you do when you're doing that and the results are getting worse, like in the series like that. And it's just because Hamilton was so deep, honestly, it's their depth, and they can score on all four lines, and that's the only that's the reason why they're so good. And hey, this is a this is a learning point for every single general manager in the Ontario Hockey League next year at the trade deadline. When you go all in, this is what happens. You build a wagon and you build a freight train. You're gonna hit or be hit. You're on the tracks, hit or be hit, because it's that's how good Hamilton is. Exactly. It's like 
North Bay's going to be fine, though. North Bay's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Time for a break. When we come back, we'll discuss all things Western Conference. Windsor Spitfires, Flip Firebirds, getting ready for a game six at the Dort. We'll get you set Sell for it out. right after this here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the show before we wrap things up ahead of OHL finals game number one, Friday night in Hamilton, of course. Could have a game seven Wednesday night, which would be awesome as well. So we're looking forward to both of yeah. those. Uh, tonight. Yeah. Not, tonight. Sorry. No, just that leads into how we're going to finish the show is Maybe not a prediction per se, but what do we like for the chances for each team? Flint Firebirds, Windsor Spitfires, game six at the Dort on a Tuesday night. And I think we're going to start with Windsor because as of the end of game five, uh, we were not sure what their starting goaltender yeah. was is going to be in game number six, Matt Onishka. Um, not feeling very well, immediately pulled himself after goal number three went in the net for Flint. Uh, and it's just, yeah, he wasn't playing great. Three goals, six shots. You expect yeah. Savard to make a change, but not immediately after the goal goes. Like, he skated off the ice like they just lost right in away. overtime of game seven, and he wanted yeah, to get the like, leap out of there. Yeah, he knew he was. he knew it was close, but I think it was the freedom of Savard as well. Because in the press conference, you hear Savard – say that he um that they knew something was off they knew going into the game that some that he was under the weather um that's the situation there i heard he's sick so that's um that's gotta like it can change right when you're sick one day you could feel great and actually feel terrible right so maybe by now he's feeling okay um it's gonna be interesting to see right like who starts i think if they win if windsor wins medina starts 100 in game six in Flint, but now that game seven, you got to go with your best guy. Who's your best guy? And who's got them to where they have been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Medina Medina played good though in game five. I thought I thought he was fine. You you said you gave up the second shot. Yeah, like after that one of the first three shots that he faced. Yeah, but after that, that was after it. That, though, yeah. So I don't think it's a. I don't think. I mean, Medina was a starter coming into the season for them as well. Mm-hmm. So I think Savard's confident. I really like where Windsor's heads are in where they're at um they're in it you can tell you can tell that they um that they're not nervous they know the situation they're in um like like what Savard said if you watch every game so far they have outplayed them they have been the other te- better team they just haven't got the bounces that Flint has gotten and yeah it's tough when right when you're looking at bounces and it sounds cliche but like it's tough, right? When it's not pill battle, you're not getting the bounces. And I think it's a little bit of frustration the way Kaplan was played. He's been incredible. Yeah. But the, the situation at hand is, hey, all hands on deck. Keep getting pucks to the net. Keep winning battles. Keep doing what you're doing because you're going to score. If your wins are though, you just want to keep – just give up that one less goal, right? Two or less. If – even three or less. If Windsor gives up three or less goals, they're going to win every game. Yeah. They will. Obviously didn't work in game five, but they will. And that's the situation here. We'll see. But 
I don't think it's a bit like I think if Medina starts or not, I don't think nothing changes. I don't think it's a big change to the lineup. Yeah. Uh, if in case in case you missed it, here is the post game audio from Game Five in Windsor. Uh, you will hear from head coach Ted Dent and Zachary Giroux of the Firebirds, and then Mark Savard and Captain Will Cooley of the Windsor Spitfire. So here is that post game audio from Game Five. Good evening. Welcome to post-game coverage of Game 5 of the Western Conference Championship Series. A big welcome to those tuning in on CHL TV in Flint tonight, as well as those watching here in Windsor on your TV and the fans watching across the province on the OHL Action Pack. Accompanied tonight by Flint Firebirds head coach Ted Dent, as well as forward Zachary Giroux and coach. Uh, there, really, there really is no quit in this team, is there? You fall behind two nothing, and uh, it's you know fallen behind a couple times in this series, but there really has been no uh, no giving up for your club. Yeah, I mean it's uh, we've been like that all year, and um, no different tonight. You know, I liked our game. Um, we stuck with it. We had a few guys go out with injuries and come back, and just different line combinations and the whole thing. But uh, you know, this guy sitting next to me as well, heart and soul, plays hard every night, and. Uh, you know, a big part of uh, keeping them off the board in the third period. Zachary, a goal and an assist tonight, and Coach mentioned it. You go, uh, you go down without Kressler and Bertuzzi there in the third period, but really a complete team effort, a lot of shot blocks. Um, you guys might have only had two or three shots yourselves, but uh, just the resolve showed by your group uh, it has to, be, uh, has to really bring the team together, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it was a great effort from our team. Um, we needed guys to step up at the right times, and um, we got that done, and fortunate enough to get the win. There's a microphone, guys. If you do have a question, just please uh, please speak into the microphone. Zach, can you just talk a little bit about your team's ability? I mean, this is not a team that's easy to shut down to begin with, but I mean, just the way you've clamped down in these third periods once you've been able to pull a lead in three and get three of the games. Yeah, you know, and, uh, in the third period, we had, we had a good strategy to, uh, to stop that high offense team, so um, we just got the job done. You talk about the strategy, but what are you sort of looking at in that situation? Uh, that's that's uh, in the dressing room only. I'll I'll cut you off right there. Any additional questions out there, guys? Jack, go ahead. The start yet again. You guys have been down two nothing in four straight games. Are you, are you do you get calmer when you guys are down almost there on the bench, or what's it like for you guys knowing that okay, we know how resilient this group is. We know we're still in this game. Sure enough, four unanswered goals, and you go on to win. Yeah, I mean, no team wants to get down. It's not like we have a meeting before the game and say, let's get down two or three goals and then come back. Uh, you know, obviously we don't do that, but, you know, it tends to happen. I mean, Windsor's a great team. They have high offense. Uh, it's a great rink to play in, and they come out hard with energy and uh, try to weather the storm as best we can and, uh, and then try to fight back like we always do. And Zach, for you, kind of, what's it like for you guys down on the bench knowing you got 37 and that has just been yeah, he's uh, he's been a solid guy out there for us um, all season, and um, you wouldn't think he'd be able to step it up from that from that season, but he stepped it up in the playoffs, and it's very hard to do. And kudos to him, and we're, we're proud to have him back there. Joined now by Windsor Spitfires head coach Mark Savard, as well as captain Will Cooley and coach. Um, another strong start for your group, but obviously the way things played out uh, was a different story. Maybe you can share your comments on that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, we came out again, and as we have every game, and and been uh, very good early, and it's 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 frustrating. But again, these are learning lessons along the way here. Uh, it's first to four, as we've talked about many times. 
besides what we gave them, we, we played a good hockey game. I mean, obviously Cavlin was a difference at the end of the day, but you know what? We've worked through these issues before. We've been able to score on them before. So we, we're going to stay confident group. We've got a job to do. We've got to win one more up there, and that's why we got, uh, we were the top team in the West because we're going to have home ice advantage here. But we've got to get up there and do a job. Will, your team had over 40 shots tonight, um, a lot of pressure there in the third period. Is there a radical change that needs to be made going into the next game, or is it, does it need to be more of the same and continue that to that third period tempo? Yeah, I think we need to continue what we brought in the third period and um, how we started the game, too. I thought we started pretty well, like uh, Mark said. And, um, yeah, I mean, I thought we pressed pretty hard in the third period there. And, obviously, Calvin played really good, so um, hopefully we will uh, beat him a few more times. Questions, guys? Mark, can you talk about the status of Anuska at this point? Um, it's day to day right now. We we got to check with them. The doctors are looking at him here. We're just uh, right now. We don't know. It's it's could go either way. So, but ama amazing job X did coming in tonight. We thought we made, he made some big saves. He stayed ready, and, and that's credit to him. So uh, right now it's it's just day to day. That was him pulling himself though at that point. Uh, yeah, a bit. But again, we we were gonna make the change anyway because we knew that there was a little issue there. So. And obviously he didn't feel great, so right away it was just a, he knew, I knew, everybody knew, and we made the change. But again, credit to X, and you know, Anuska's a battler, and it, it's the toughest position probably in the, in, in the game, right? And, and when you have something ailing a bit, it's, it's real tough, and he's your last line of defense. So, uh, you know, proud that he tried to work through it, but again, he, he knew he couldn't go anymore, and, and, and X was ready to go, and I thought X did a great job. I mean, well, it's three games where they've taken a lead into the third period, and they just sort of committed to staying back and, and letting nothing come through and, and not trying really to generate anything offensively. I mean, what's what's the frustrating part about trying to find a hole in that defense come third period? Uh, yeah, obviously it's frustrating. You know, get, we're getting the chances in the third. I thought we were really good in the third period. And, you know, you saw how they played, just flipping pucks out and staying above all our guys with the puck. And, um, yeah, obviously they, they locked it down pretty good in the third. But uh, I thought we played a good third period and really and really pushed hard and gave them a run. Anything missing there that, that maybe you could have done more to sort of generate? Um, score. score? That's it? Yeah. I, I disagree. I, I thought we generated lots in the third. I mean, they, yeah, they set back, they flipped it out. We came at them, they flipped it out. So I thought we had great chances. I mean, we just had no puck luck tonight. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Everybody in the building watched the game. We had no puck luck tonight. We worked as hard as we could. We gave them what they got, and, they, and that was uh, fortunate. You know, we give a shorthanded goal. We give them another goal uh, late in the period there. But again, we are a confident group. We've, we're, we're the top team in the West for a reason. We, 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 had, we won 13 games straight for a reason. I believe in our group. I know Will believes in our group. We're going to be fine here. So you don't think you're really going to have to say a whole lot come Tuesday? Nope. I, our backs have been against the wall three times in the playoffs, and we've answered the bell. So I might not even do a pregame speech. Any additional questions, guys? Game six. Well, for a lot of the guys in the locker room, this is the highest caliber of hockey that they've ever played. What, what experiences have you had with Team Canada and everything that helps you calm them down being the captain? Um, you know, I just try to lead by example and tell the guys to stay calm. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to whoever makes the least mistakes. I, I try to tell the guys that as the main thing. So, I mean, I, I thought most of their goals today, we, we, we made mistakes, and that's how they, they scored. You know, we, we were just giving them. We gave them what they got, so um, that's definitely going to be a focus going into the next game, and um, just don't give them anything. 
Game six, Tuesday night in Flint. That was Firebirds head coach and interim general manager, Ted Dent, as well as Zachary Giroux, followed by Windsor Spitfires head coach, Mark Savard, and captain Will Cooley. Uh, we talked about Windsor uh, beforehand and kind of you know, Savard's you know, comments, uh, kind of the way he was carrying himself after game five. Let's switch to Flint now because, again, we talked about it kind of at the start and while we were going through goaltender uh, yeah. of the week. And it's, it's clearly a Windsor favored series based on stats. Big it has been a Windsor lie. favored series, especially this past game, game five. Um, can Cavalin steal game six? Cause I think he had a big part in winning game five. He, it, he stole three he, he, more than 50% of the reason why Flint won that game is because of him. I don't think I've ever saw a goaltender play this well in the playoffs for obviously there has been some really good playoff goaltenders that have stole games, but I haven't saw any goaltender steal a series in. If Flint wins tonight, Luke Calvin just stole a series four games total. Like I know I've noticed four games. He has stole. So that's a situation there. That's something I've never saw before. I'm with you. Like, I've never saw this before. It's crazy to think. But, like, in, we're 98 borns. There's been some good goaltenders, but I have never saw a goaltender steal a conference final before. And it's not like Flint's a Cinderella story. It really is not no. a Cinderella story. You see people Kitchener would have been it being a surprise. Yeah. Flint isn't. Flint isn't. I mean, they were second in the West in points. They had more points than London. So, if you're going to go points, they had more wins, more points. So... It's basically the one-two series anyways, and that kind of works out, right? Two-three play in the second round, so it kind of works out either way. But, yeah, Flint's been good, and it's not a surprise at all, but Luke Cavlin has definitely been the story here in this series. Um, you can see Flint just trying to hold on, but, hey, Flint scoring when they get opportunities. Windsor needs, Windsor needs their goaltenders to stop those opportunities because if they can stop them, these games aren't going to be close. But, uh Whoever wins tonight is going to win the series, in my opinion. If it goes seven, Windsor's winning. Yeah, back at home. Game five there at home. Tonight. Had 45 shots. Can you imagine? Um, I'm just doing the math right now. So far through five games, Windsor has 211 shots. Yeah, that's insane, eh? Um, Quickly doing Flint's here. Uh, Flint has had 164 so that's 211 shots for the Spitz, 164 for the Flint Firebirds. Flint <laughs> has outshot Windsor in one game so far in this series, and that was in game three. They outshot the Spitfires 45 to 40. So the Spitz, once again, uh, 40 shots. In yeah. a, and they were outshot. So what do you think? Do you think? So let's say they get 45 shots tonight, Windsor, because they're going to throw everything at the net. They're definitely going to yeah. come out hard. Windsor's come out hard all series. Doesn't matter where the, what venue it is. But they get forty five shots. You think Calvin can make like eighty some odd saves? I, back, I think that they, if it goes seven. The one the one area I will say Windsor has not lacked, but I think they could improve a bit is the traffic in front of the net. And obviously, yes. you get late. You got Point late blank. into the game in game five. Everybody was in front of the net. That's expected, but that takes away lanes as well. You got to yeah. have that one guy that you take out of your line, one to two guys that you take out of your lineup. Boy, could they use Curtis Douglas right now? 
Um, you you need that yes. guy to just be a hound in front of the net. You need to distract the defenseman. You need to take them out of the play somehow. You need to find yeah. a way to just make it tough on Kavlin. It's not about him seeing the shot. It is, but it isn't. It's about just being a pest. And what I, I don't mean a Brad Marchand. You're on the blue paint. Just be I mean, there. yeah. Yeah, be, be around the blue paint, cause havoc, and make your presence pick up felt. rebounds. Exactly. Make your presence felt. I mean, yeah. let them know you're there. You don't even have to do anything. Just be there. You know, just show up. And Which I like think it might help. Analogy, Curtis Douglas was that up. game five. Yeah, hey, they should shoot him up. Yeah. The old I'm 12, $5 bill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, Windsor, Windsor, they can get guys to the front of that, take Cavlin's vision away because there's frustration there. You can see it. You can mm-hmm. hear it. There is frustration in them not scoring, but you guys got to keep going, right? It's not over till it's over. And it's three, two. Hey, they've responded in every game this year, right? And if the pattern continues, Windsor's going to win tonight. If it goes seven, I think Windsor wins. I do. I don't know. Like, that's a, if it goes seven games, and this is a big if, obviously, because tonight can be done. It would mirror the Leafs and Lightning series from round one. Yeah. And also, it would be, Interesting to see how Cavlin, like the fatigue, right? In game seven, the next night. I'm going to say, yeah, back to back night six and seven. That's tough. That's tough. You're going to face 80 shots, right? In 24 hours. That's tough. So that's the one issue that I have about fatigue. But other than that, I think it's going to be a heck of a run. Tonight's going to be a heck of a game. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be, it's exciting. That's for sure. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, if necessary, Game 7, Wednesday night, back in Windsor at the WFCU Center. Kind of hoping for that, but if not, uh, Flint Hamilton should re- be a really good the uh, OHL Championship Series. Yeah, the Hayes family, Hayes definitely wishing for that. So. It'll be like the Drew Ryan Miller uh, jerseys have the divided. Yeah. One half Bulldogs, one half Firebirds. That'd be cool. They, got, they would have to do something. They would have to do something yeah, for that matchup because it would be, be the first sweet. every time they play each other. Also, think about how good it would be for the league and for Flint, like, if Flint's in the finals. Yeah. That would be I'm massive. But obviously, Win- Windsor, historic Ontario Hockey League market, Windsor-Hamilton would be incredible. Mm-hmm. So either way, we're in for a very good marketing uh, yeah. finals too, for sure. Uh, once the Western Conference final ends, game one of the OHL finals, first Ontario Center, Friday night, 7 o'clock start. Uh, tickets are already on sale. Go buy them, HamiltonBulldogs.com. Um, it should be fun. If you remember anything of what the 2018 OHL finals were, Hamilton Bulldogs, Sioux Greyhounds, um, the fans are coming as the playoffs go on, and it would not surprise me if the curtains came down from the upper deck, at least in a couple of sections. Ooh, I like trying to get yeah, the, the middle ones up there. So yeah, in the middle, hopefully we get there. Hopefully we get that uh, amount of fans at the game, but if not, the lower bowl is going to be packed and it's going to be loud. And we so, saw the outdoor game sell out. Exactly. So exactly. Never know. All right. That does it for us on this week's edition of the OHL and 60 podcast. Two more to go till we hit the century mark. Next week is the Wayne Gretzky edition of the show. Number 99. So should be fun. Enjoy the week, everyone. Uh, we will be in Hamilton, game one of the OHL finals, Friday night. Schedule pending conflict yeah. with the Sox on Sunday. 
hopefully, hopefully Monday. Monday night. Yeah, hey, hopefully Monday. Yeah, yeah. But until then, uh, thanks so much for tuning in, and we will chat again in seven days. Uh-huh.